continuing our series, Not Easily Broken, and this series is focused on us building relationships that are not easily broken, that, that they can face the trials, that can face storms and won't collapse. And I, I want to start by just a reminder of week one. What we talked about is the key to healthy relationships, and that key being the forgiveness And we talked about three types of forgiveness. We talked about forgiveness with closeness, that I would be in relationship, that I would be in the proximity of that person. I would forgive, and we would still have a close relationship. There was forgiveness with caution. This is the kind of relationship where I'm going to choose to forgive, but I'm going to have a cautious approach to the relationship. There's distance. there's, There's maybe not the trust given here. And the last one was forgiveness with closure. This is the act of forgiveness and then closing the door. Uh, closing the door to that relationship. And why this is important, as we talk through the rest of the series, including today, we have to remember this um, cipher to look through for, as we're remembering forgiveness, forgiveness, and how to do it. And then last week, Dan talked about friendships and how to make good, godly, friendly relationships. And I'm sure all of us got a lot more friends this week. Is that true? Just some of us, just some of us. Um, And uh, this week we are going to be talking about family. Creating families that are not easily broken. Now, I know when I said the word family, there was a multitude of responses in the room. Uh, There's a multitude of responses, because I know this, because I talk to you. And you can always tell where someone's at based on where they, how they, that they communicate. I mean, when we talk about our families, there's multiple ways we can talk about it. Like, let's say when it comes to uh, our, our kids, right? When we talk about our kids, you talk to some people and you ask them a question about their kids. Like, my kids are awesome, right? And then there's other people, my kids are awesome. Different response. Same awesome kids. There's some of us in this room who have somehow figured out how to create kids who don't sin. And there's some of us, I'm not gonna point fingers at myself, there's some of us who feel like God is really testing us with our kids, teaching us a lot. I mean, even when it comes to our marriages, when we talk about our husbands, uh, as ladies in the room, when you talk about your husbands, you sometimes, some of you would say, like, I have the best, sweetest husband. And sometimes when some of you other people are asked about your husband, the response is not the same. It's, yes, I have a husband. Uh, (laughs) You know, the truth is, there's relationships. We're all in these family dynamics, but there's so many different dynamics when it comes to family. And let's go even a little deeper than just the surface level. In this room, I guarantee you, and online, I guarantee you this, there's represented in the family dynamic, families that are broken, Families that are separated, um, families who have faced extreme trials and loss and whatever dynamic you want to put in there. I just want to say that this, this sermon this morning is not a step system or a band-aid to cure everything. It's not a step-by-step system on how to have the perfect family. I wish I could give you that. But the truth is, is we're all in different situations. And so we need to take today's message and apply it to our situation. Even let me talk to the the single people in the room, maybe even high school, college student, the dating couple. You're gonna hear stuff today, you're gonna say, that doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. Because you're a part of this, maybe as a kid, or maybe one day you will be a part of this as a parent or a spouse. So take from this what you need from it. 
And we're going to be talking, when it comes to creating families that are not easily broken, we're going to be focusing on this idea of having legacy-focused families. Legacy-focused families. And what do I mean by that? This is the mindset, when it comes to my family, we are thoughtful and we think through what the legacy of our family will be. Uh, I think we have an epidemic of passiveness in this area when it comes to families. We have an epidemic of this where we just kind of wake up and go through the motions day in, day out. We face the daily stresses, the daily trials, and we are not purposely thinking and planning what is the legacy of my family. Not just for our current situation, but for generations and generations and generations. How is my household, my family, going to live? And we have to acknowledge, when it comes to creating legacy-focused families, we have to acknowledge that we're in a fight. We are in a fight. We are in a world, in a culture, in a time that is doing everything it can to tear at the roots of healthy family relationships. It's almost like having a strong family bond that is not easily broken, that is built on a firm foundation, and, and building your family on that is frowned upon. It's, it's almost, it's, we're made to feel shameful for it. Why is this important? Because as Christ followers, we need to remember that the Bible, the Bible always contradicts culture. It's always contradictory to the current culture standing. We cannot base our family dynamics on just what the culture or the world says is okay. We're held to a higher standard. And as we create families and family dynamics, we need to know that we are in a fight to fight for this. Anybody with me in that? It's not just gonna be easy, it's not just gonna happen. This is something we have to really purposefully push into and fight against. So, when it comes to creating legacy families and a, a family that's focused on legacy, the first question we have to answer is this one here. In every family, there is a pedestal, a metaphorical pedestal in the center of the family. And the rest of the family circles around it. And there has to be someone on the pedestal. This is the position where the rest of the family looks to. And I think we get this pedestal mixed up. For us to have legacy-focused, strong family relationships, there's only one who could sit on the pedestal in the center of our family, and that is Christ Jesus. It is not spouses, it's not husband or wife, it's not mom or dad, it is not government or power. The pedestal is designed for Christ, and the rest of the family is circled around. That's how legacy-focused families are, are living with Christ at the center. But we do get this mixed up. We do begin to put our hope and our faith and our relationships for our families into people, into, into situations, instead of having Christ at the center. I just wanted to address that because for us to go any further, we have to know that Christ has to be at the center of our families. Has to be. And as I was preparing for this this week, I said, how am I going to do this? 
How, I, how am I gonna stand up there and talk about families that are not easily broken? And it came to me, I had to go back to something I'm really good at. So I had to start to tie this to something I've been practicing for a long time. And, and that those practices have made their way into my family. And so today, we're gonna talk about sports. We are gonna talk about sports today. Because when we think about our families and families that are not easily broken, it is great for us to think of our family as a team. As a team. A team that, that is coming together and working together. And, and if we're in a fight, if we're in a game, and there is something trying to come against us and tear at the roots of strong family foundations, the better our team is, the better response we'll have, correct? And so we're going to put this into sports terms today. But first, let's talk about what are things that uh, can shake a good team. What are things that can happen to us in our family team that can cause trouble or turmoil? Stuff like stress. Anybody ever get stressed? Just me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> stress. Stress is one of those things that if, you're, if your team begins to be infiltrated with stress and stress and you are not strong and built to stand against it, it can break a team. Things like anger and pride, lack of trust. When it comes to a team, I have to trust the other players on my team. I have to trust that they're, they're going to come through when it's time. And circumstances play a huge role in any team. Quarterback goes down, now what? Um, a situation happens that is hard for the team. The weather changes. Our team needs to be able to stand against things like this so it can stand the test of time. I want us to get to the place where we build strong family teams that can stand the test of time. It's simple. That's my goal here today. And as we dive into this, let's talk about the structure of a team. If Christ is the center of our team, when it comes to our family team, there's roles to be played. And I want to start by talking about the role between, let's say, a husband and a wife. A husband and a wife and what those roles look like. I want to say first that there is equality on the importance of each team member. One is not greater than the other. But each position has different roles. Equality, one team, one might, not, not, not that one is greater and one is less, but there's different roles to play, just as like a coach and a quarterback. Which one would you say? It, it, they're both equally needed for the success of a team, but how they approach the game might be different. So let's jump into some things I think good teams have. You guys still with me? A couple of you, all right. I think good teams, good teams that have good mindsets, who are ready for the game, who are ready for the trials, will have things like this. Number one, a good team will be goal-focused. Will be goal-focused. Proverbs 21.5 says, Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. A good team, a good family team, will be goal-focused. So here's the question of the day. What's your goal? What is the goal of your family. What is the goal of your family? Uh, for me, we had to have this conversation where we got to the place, the goal of my family is that we would have a family that is madly in love with Jesus and sees their role here on earth as impactful. 
That's our goal. That's how we want to do it. But we had to come and have a conversation about what our goal is. I think the truth is, just like legacy, if we're honest with ourselves, so many of our families and our relationships, we're just not having discussions around goals. What do we want to be? We have to start to ask ourselves questions like this, like these three questions. Number one, if you're writing notes, write these down. These are important for later. These three questions, what do we want? When it comes to my family, creating my family team, I have to ask myself the question, what do we want? What do we want this family to look like? What do we want this family to achieve? What do we want this family to do and go? What do we want? And number two, close but different, who do we want to be? This is an important question. Who do we want to be? What do we want to be known by? What do I want my kids to know me as? When when my kids are 10 uh, and 15 and 20 and 30, in each gap they take, when they look back at our family, who do I want to be? Who do I want our family to be? And number three, this is a very important question because if you don't figure this out, the first two won't happen. Why is this important? If you don't answer this, why is it important for us as a family to set goals? To be driven, to be different, to know who we are and know where we're going. Why is this important? For me, it's very simple. It is important for me Because if I don't stay focused, I will become lazy. If I don't stay focused on a goal, I will become passive. So it is important for me to remember that every day I am working towards something. Henry Ford says this quote, if everyone is moving forward together, then success will take care of itself. If everyone is moving forward towards the goal, moving towards something, then the success will work itself out. We just need to be moving towards something. But we have so many of us, so many families who are not thinking about this. And instead of moving forward, we find ourselves just stuck and rooted, staying the same, going through the same motions, having the same fights every day, telling our kids the same thing every day. We need to get better at moving forward towards a goal. The second thing you'll hear from good teams is this, is that practice makes perfect. Anybody ever heard this before? Practice makes perfect. This is important when it comes to family dynamics because we need to get better at practicing healthy habits, purposeful events, purposeful words. You're not going to just slip into a healthy family dynamic. I know there's times I wish I could just wake up and I could say, I could pray a certain prayer and my kids would never mess the house up. Anybody else want that? I I could pray a certain prayer and me and my wife would agree on everything. It just doesn't happen. This is something we have to practice. As we prepare for the game to come, we have to practice on a daily basis. Now, when I was in football, in college, even through high school in the younger years, we would always start practice with like a fundamental drill. And I hated this part of practice. I hated it. It, it, was, it was a drill to focus. We would start the same way every day. And it was boring and exhausting. And in my mind, it didn't make sense. It went like this. I'm going to show you, okay? Football tutorial. I started every day of practice 
like this. We'd stretch, we'd do all that, and then we'd go to our individual lineman drills. I was a lineman, just so we're clear. That's the person who blocks for the quarterback or running back. Just wanna make sure, okay? I was a lineman, we did this every day. Everybody watch very carefully. This is very hard to understand. Ready? Go. Go. I would do this for 10 minutes. And I would think thoughts like, this is what I'm doing with my life. Okay, this is it, right? And we would just practice this. And then we'd switch feet. All right, here we go again. Right sides up. You know, and why was this important? I didn't understand it while I was doing it. But this was the first step to my assignment in a game. And when it came game time, when I was up against the wall and I had to make that block, you know what I never had to think about? What do I do with my first step? I was a pro at first step movements. I practiced it every day. When it comes to our family and our relationships, it's the same kind of dynamic. We can't just show up to the game when our back's against the wall and just do it naturally. We need to start to practice things in our family on a weekly basis. I think you might need to understand this a little more. If you're able, because you all stand to your feet. If you're able, stand to your feet. I, I, I want you guys to practice a football drill with me. Okay? Who thought they were coming to church today and going to do a football drill? Okay? Everybody put your feet about a, a foot and a half apart. Okay? Now, you're going to practice this very important drill. Okay? So, when I say go, you're going to move your left foot six inches up to the left. And then back right away. And I'm going to keep saying go. Okay? Ready? Can you guys do this? I trained for years to be able to do this. So, ready? Go. Great. Back. Go. Back. Go. Back. Go. Back. Go. Back. Now stop. I wanted to put this in your mind because what if it looked like this? Don't, you don't have to move with me now. Okay, when it comes to my family, I'm going to pray with my kids every day. When it comes to my family, I'm gonna make sure I'm present at the dinner table every day. When it comes to my family, I'm going to make sure that my wife knows what I think of her. I'm not just gonna keep it. You get what I'm saying with this? It's the every day, you guys can grab a seat. Good job, you're all football players now. When it comes to family relationships and creating these family bonds, we're not just gonna slip into it. We have to practice these habits every day. All right, number three, <clears throat> number three, we need to keep showing up. You, if a good team, showing up is important. Being present is important. It says this in Galatians 6, 9, so let's not get tired of what is good. At just the right time, we will reap the harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We need to keep showing up, we need to not quit. Simple. I want to take a moment and talk to the families in the room, the parents in the room, the kids in the room. You're, you're in a hard spot. You're backed up against the wall. Feels fractured and broken. Hear me out. Don't quit. Don't quit. Keep showing up. Galatians says, don't get tired of doing good. One day, you'll reap the reward. 
don't quit. Just keep showing up. It's, it's simple things like this. I, I, whenever I preach a sermon like this, I like to go around to the staff and ask them questions like, what is the most important thing in a family to you? And I was surprised by one of the answers because it was three times by three different people. What is the most important thing when it comes to family for you? And these three people said family dinner. Family dinner. It's the most important thing for me. When I was growing up, it was the most important thing I could remember because I knew every Friday we would gather around the table, even when I was an adult, uh, in college, whatever, I would gather around the table and it was consistent. So I could be having the worst week of my life. I knew family dinner would still be there. See, sometimes it's simple things like that. Just keep showing up. The weeks might be hard. The fights might be horrible. Don't quit. Number four. Good teams will also do this. Good teams don't look at the scoreboard. You guys with me on that? Don't look at the scoreboard. Good teams know that you are just focused on the next play. Do the best on the next play. Doesn't matter what the score is. What does this look like for our family team? Stop comparing your family to other families. Stop looking on Instagram and comparing your family to their family. Instagram is a killer of joy. Now, why do I know this? Because I will scroll social media and I will see that dad holding his two kids and his kids are perfectly dressed and he's skinny and his kids are, his kids are kissing him on the cheek and he's got the biggest smile. You know his wife just like adores him. And, this happened, I'm watching this, and currently, my kids just wet the bed last night, and the other one came in and threw sand in my face. <laughs> I, it's easy to look at that and be like, that score looks better than mine. <laughs> or, you know, stop looking at these family trips where the family's perfectly posed in the perfect clothes on the beach up in Tahoe. You don't know what it took to get there. You don't know the fights that happened. You don't know the conversation that the mom had with the kid and said, you are gonna give me one smile. If, if all we do for, you don't say that. Yeah, yeah, you guys relate? Preaching. Yeah, you, we can't compare. We can't compare. Theodore Roosevelt has this quote. He says this very simply. Comparison is the thief of joy. The thief of joy. Galatians 4, uh, 6 verses 4 through 5 say this, pay careful attention to your own work. For them, you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for your own conduct. Focus on your family. Celebrate great moments and don't compare to everyone else's highlights they're struggling too they are we got to stop comparing and be okay with what we have amen number five good teams will have individual players put the team first players on the team will know that the team is more important than the individual this is simply a message about sacrifice you want to have strong families that won't be broken. Learn the art of sacrifice. 
laying down your own wants, your own desires for the betterment of the team. And, and becoming one and seeing the goal and the legacy as more important than my own individual stats or accolades. Becoming someone who lays their life down for the betterment of the family. And number six, the last thing that I think great teams do. And this one is the most theological of them all. The deepest you're gonna hear today. No, it's not. This one is important though. Number six, have fun. Have fun. We wanna create families that are not easily broken. There has to be fun involved. There has to be. Why does it seem the more and more, the further on we go, the church and the families within the church are so focused on parts of the church that are just judgmental and angry and we bring our kids to church and we, we, we just we grill them and we say, don't, 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 don't cause a scene. Don't talk. Just sit there. And then, then we want them as adults to come and find the joy of the Lord here. What, you ever heard the phrase, oh, you're happy, tell your face? It's the same with this. Oh, you love Jesus? Tell me with your body. Tell me with your face. Tell me with the words you're using. Are you having fun in your family? It's okay to cut loose for a little bit. Because guess what? We're not making it out of this life alive anyway. It's gonna end for us our time here on earth. Let's create families that enjoy being around each other, that enjoy each other's company. Not a lack of discipline or a lack of structure, but purposeful fun. Because if we say that following Christ is the best life, it's the best life you can have, I think we need to start living like it a little bit. We need to be a little more joyful about the life we have and the God we serve, amen? Let me close with this. I'm gonna go a little longer, but it's okay, we have food for you later. When it comes to being a legacy-focused family, a family that is focused on legacy, We have to be ready for the game to come. And I'm telling you, church, our families are gonna be put to the test in this game. Culture is gonna come against us. The enemy is gonna come against us. We are gonna face trials. But if we can stay legacy-focused, not moment-focused, connected to Christ, with Christ in the center, we can see families that are gen not just one generation, but generation after generation after generation staying strong and not breaking, staying committed to Jesus. Because I'll tell you, I plan on being a pastor here at Grace for a long time. And I want to see your kids get baptized here. 
I want to see grandkids get baptized here. I want to see people and families come to know Jesus here. I want to see child dedications where there's hundreds of kids on this stage. Because it's not just this generation I'm worried about. It's every other generation to follow. But if we as the Christian church can rally together and say we are going to be a legacy-focused team and we are ready for the game, imagine what can happen. Imagine what could happen in our families, and our dynamics, but we have to start somewhere. And I got a challenge for you. I got a challenge for you. There's something that happens in football called the huddle. And the huddle is a very interesting part of the game. Because the huddle is when the whole team comes together in between plays. And in this moment, there's, there's celebrations. Hey, great catch. It was a great catch. There's sometimes you gotta make that block. You let that one go. There's changes to the plays. And then the play is called, and let's go play the game. I think we have to start creating family huddles. Where we're gonna bring our family, our family unit together and say, you know what? That was great what you did. Hey, sweetheart, I love you, but you missed the block. And let's call the play, and let's go at it again. Huddle up with your family this week. Even your little ones. Bring them in. Even the grandparents. Create a family huddle and say, what do we want our legacy to be? And I got a challenge for the husbands and wives in the room today. I did this this week. I went to my wife and I asked her to rate me on a scale of one to five on all six of these. And if you know my wife, it's a very truthful experience in the best way possible because she loves me enough to correct me in the areas I need to be corrected in so our family will see legacy and generation after generation after generation won't break. Do that with each other this week. Ask the hard questions. Huddle up. And let's create families that aren't easily broken. Amen? Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for what you're speaking to us and challenging us in. I pray for every family that's represented in this place today that you would just infuse in us a desire to be legacy focused. For the families who are struggling and feel broken right now, I pray for hope, hope and perseverance for them to keep their hope in you and have the perseverance to not quit and to keep going. We love you, Father, in your holy name. Amen.